Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Post 20 Podcast. You're now listening to episode 121 of the show. My name is Evan. I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, Matt. What's going on with you this week, man? Another wonderful week in in the life of me. Um, I don't know why I said it like that. Just It just came out, but... Yeah, I mean, just a lot of games happened. Um, work's been pretty steady. We're still in that, like, dead period in our area for the post office. And people are slowly going to be making their way back. We'll have um, St. Patty's coming up in a couple weeks. Looking forward to that. Going out, some people be around that I haven't seen in a while. So, um, in the works of planning things, which is nice. Um MLS is back this weekend. The Union open up on Saturday, I think, against Minnesota. So um, it'll be interesting to see what the new look is without Chivilco up front. But, yeah, overall pretty positive. Oh, good. Um, all right. I mean, I haven't really been up to, to much, just kind of working here and there, thinking about what I'm going to do moving forward. think I'm probably going to go back, get my teaching certificate, and maybe go down that route. Um but yeah, it's it's tough out here. Uh, you do you need to do that, and your summers will be set. Yeah, summer will be set, and you know I, <clears throat> um, I just you know I I just want to be able to have some sort of stability, and I think um, that's a that's a really good thing. Plus, there's not a lot of male English teachers, so um, wherever that's I would true. decide to work, um, you know. Pretty much you can get hired as a teacher anywhere right now because there's a shortage um, and, and they always need teachers in the public school system. So depending on where you pick to work, I mean, some of the starting salaries are, are pretty decent in certain districts. So um, I think that'd be a decent gig. I mean, I'm pretty much all the way there. I, I may, may have a year and a half or uh, two years worth of just like intense classwork, which is not it's, it's really not anything for me. I'm a I'm a good student. Um, mm. so that shit shouldn't, shouldn't be too bad. Um, but in the meantime, just kind of, you know, doing what I do, uh, playing golf and, and working when I can. So. All right, let's get into these games. Uh, had the chance to watch a majority of them. Uh, lost some money this weekend. Uh, thanks to the first team, West Ham, West Ham and Newcastle drew one, one, at the London Stadium, a home game for West Ham, but they couldn't get it done. Dawson opened the scoring in the 32nd minute, and then Joe Willock um, added one in the 45th uh, stoppage time, right before halftime. Uh, Newcastle looked great, man. I, I thought that that they would look uh, poor having having missed uh, Trippier, who has been so, so important to them, assisting and scoring goals and really opening play up from the back. But... Uh, I think Kraft uh, kind of came in and, and played that role um, instead of Trippier, and, and he was good. Um, Newcastle just looked pretty good all over the park. Joe Willock, that's his first goal all season. Decent performance from him, and the rest of the guys, you pretty much got um, what you would have expected out of them. West Ham just looked flat. Um, I After they scored that first goal, I thought, you know, maybe maybe these guys will, will start to open it up, but they didn't. Uh, I just think West Ham are a team that are underperforming right now, a team that are extremely hard to get a read on, as as Matt has proven to us uh, all season long. It's It's been hard for me to pick them, and I don't know what to expect from them, really, on a on a week-by-week basis. 
Sometimes they show up, sometimes they pay, they play fast and loose, and then sometimes they just can't get out of the blocks. And um, you know they scored first in this game, but they weren't able to to convert anything after that. And they take a point here against the Newcastle Cider, who are still at the the very bottom of the table. Um, and I just think that that they'll be wanting much more, especially at home uh, with the Newcastle side who are, you know, a a new look team and, and really, um, missing one of their, their most important players since the transfer window. So unfortunate for West Ham, but I think a decent result for Newcastle. Yeah, absolutely. They've earned 12 points in their last six Premier League games, three wins and three draws. So on a bit of an unbeaten streak, which is the best time right now for them to pick up this form, uh, especially with Burnley behind them now getting consecutive wins for the first time this year. Um, but yeah, West Ham just looked pretty pretty flat, like you said. And Antonio up front just looks like a ghost of his yeah. former self from the beginning of the year. I remember uh, the first first six games of the year, he he had like five goals off the rip, and we were saying, "Holy shit!" Like he's gonna have a phenomenal year, and then it's been it's been downhill ever since. It's like he's flatlining and. He just can't get things going for him. And Bowens had to carry the load, and he didn't get it done this game. But, yeah, I mean, yeah, Newcastle worked harder, and I was surprised that they held more possession of the ball because they've been one of the bottom three teams when it comes to possession. But since their new signings have come in, you see a better structure in the back line with Burn and Target. And like you mentioned, Kraft came in there and filled in, filled in that void for Trippier um, to a degree where they could managed to earn a point in this game so um yeah overall newcastle looked solid they're figuring their identity out i thought they would have been in a bit more trouble without saint max in there to create things but they kind of got a scuffed goal in there right before the half which is alarming for west ham because they concede a lot of late goals in in halves and in stoppage time so david moyes right now needs to be tightening up and oiling these kinks out because they they played 26 matches 42 points um sitting fifth and they're they're tied right now with arsenal only uh one better in the goal differential column but it's not looking good for them really no it's it's really not um i'd say their their trajectory has shifted um they seem to be headed down the table some of these other teams seem to be Headed up. Okay, let us move on to Arsenal, a team that is—I uh, don't want to say heading up, but they—they uh, they were in good, uh, good shape against Brentford. They won two-one. This game probably should have been way more than that, to be honest. Uh, despite having a very, very uh, unfruitful first half, Arsenal were two goals in the 48th and in the 79th, both from our youngsters, Emil Smith-Rowe and Bukayo Saka. So two homegrown talents on the score sheet here. Christian Norgard got one back in the 93rd, but it was too late for Brentford to steal any sort of points in this one. Arsenal uh, were absolutely dominant. The game was was really fun to watch. It was open. Uh, I think Arsenal play at their best when games are open and they're controlling the tempo. It gets sloppy at times, especially in the middle of the park. Um, but if they're winning a majority of the balls uh, and not letting too many uh, mistakes occur in, in terms of um, just sloppy passing, things are typically okay. Uh, and against a team like Brentford, you don't have to worry about it as much. You know, when you're playing against a team that's going to press you high, making those mistakes are, are of course, like far more important and you're going to get punished for it more. 
Um, but they weren't punished for their mistakes, and they really just forced Brentford to be on the back foot the entire game. It took a long time for them to break the deadlock, um, but once they did, I just feel like there was there was no way Brentford was ever going to get a point after that first goal went in. Uh, statistically, 24 shots for Arsenal versus Brentford's six, eight shots on target versus Brentford's two, and Arsenal had 67% of the possession. I think they re- looked really, really good here. This is a three points, uh, three point game that you absolutely have to take. Um, so it was, it was a good result, I think, and it's nice to see, um, you know, the guys all kind of performing here. Lacazette, I still don't think is the answer. Um, but pretty much the rest of the park, uh, I thought looked good. Cedric, even he's been good filling in for, for Tomiyasu, but I'm looking forward to getting him back soon as well. Yeah, I thought overall this was a very professional win for them. Uh, yep. Like you mentioned, a much-needed three points puts them in a a very, very strong position in the table. Um, they're going to have to really make a statement tomorrow against Wolves, uh, a rival of theirs in the table. They have some... Uh, Wolves would say they have some unfinished business with Arsenal, and Arsenal can double down on that last result. But in this game particularly, like you mentioned, they dominated. I was very impressed with Saka the last uh, several games. He's really opened up and let um, let his style of play uh, out there for everybody to see, and it's very fluent, and it's great to watch. Smith Rowe now getting starts since Martinelli's not there is just shows the the quality of talent they have coming off the bench. Um, Xhaka is staying out of the book, which is always good to see. Um, but yeah, overall, I think they should be a little disappointed. They gave up the clean sheet. Um, definitely, especially like I mentioned with the West Ham, scoring in uh, stoppage time isn't something you like. I'm sure Mikel was upset with that, as well as Ramsdale. But yeah, overall, this was a great result for against a team that is drastically falling i think they're in the the worst format of everybody right now i mean they, they are just plummeting from what they were i think they have um what is that like seven losses in their last 10 which is poor and they only sit four points clear of the drop right now so they're they're slowly creeping down there with and every episode it seems like it's just just what it is now yep. um for brentford and i'll be interested to see how soon they can integrate erickson into the squad um, I was thinking about it the other day. I'm sure it's too soon. Um, maybe, I don't know, with Thomas Frank. I'm trying to rationalize maybe why he's not playing, um, if he's getting used to the squad or his fitness isn't there, obviously, for months of not playing. But um, they need some sort of spark in that lineup to really um, get a result um, like teams below them are doing. We're seeing Burnley now pull results out of the hat. Um, from their new signing, Weghorst has been showing up for them. Um, Watford, not really. They got one that one result over Villa, um, as well as Norwich. They're starting to string some sort of points together. But yeah, Brentford just needs some new sort of personality or quality into that team right now to really um, get them out of this hole. Yeah, I agree. And um, Thomas Frank did say uh, that next match, barring any sort of catastrophic setback uh, in training, Erickson will be in the team. So that that may be that that um That's inje- good. injection of personality that that you're hoping for. Um and I think like really kind of we're all hoping for it. Um you know, Brentford it beat Arsenal that first week and I had a little bit of hatred for them, but uh they were really fun to watch at the beginning of the season and 
Um, yeah. You know, missing Tony is is so big. You know, it, it's a serious problem. But I thought when they had Onyeka in there in the middle of or in the beginning of the season that they looked better. Yeah. I just I, I don't think this is the strongest side they can put out. I don't think they're playing at their best, and I think um, they're actually a team that I would like to see get another go at it next season. Uh, you know, it doesn't look great for them right now, but uh, they, you know, uh, I don't want to see them go down, to be honest with you. I think I think there's something there, and I think Frank, um, you know, he he has something with those guys, too. Okay, um, let's move on to the next one. We have Brighton nil, Burnley 3. Wout Weghorst opening the scoring in the 21st minute. Josh Brownhill in the 40th, and then Aaron Lennon season vet in the 69th minute they take all three points in a very very impressive win over a brighton side who i thought would were probably slated to to win this one um uh in terms of statistics burnley on the back foot for majority of the game 31 percent four shots on target and 10 shots i think brighton controlled the ball far better um but they weren't able to, to to really get anything going in terms of scoring which is a problem we talk about with Brighton and we've talked about with Brighton for probably as long as the show has been on, um, you know, one shot on target on, on 11 total shots, uh, in terms of lineup, you know, you're lining up pretty much the same as they always do. Neil Mopai and Danny Welbeck up top, uh, two strikers in this game still couldn't get anything done. Watt Weghorst and, and Maxwell Cornet up top, uh, you know, on the reverse side, like the, the quality and I, I wasn't sold on Weghorst when he came in, but I do like Cornet, and I think the the quality here, like this this Burnley side, actually does have some players that I'm like, you know, these guys can can perform, and we'll see if they keep up. But um, Cornet and Weghorst were great signings. Of course, Cornet came in came in in the summer, and then Weghorst just came in in the winter. But mixed in with some of these guys that have been playing for Burnley for a while, Dwight McNeil, uh, Ben Mee, who scored today as well, and Nick Pope in the back line or in the in the net. You know, they 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 have some players. It's just a matter of of getting the results when they really need them. And uh, and then their last two games now, Burnley have six points, so they're they're certainly doing something right. Yeah, I was fortunate enough to get this one right somehow. Um, and it went pretty much how I thought it would go. I mean, Brighton have always been a top five side when it comes to possession. They 69 to 31 there, but it's always the, the same the same story. At the end of the day, it comes down to creating chances. And when you only create one shot on target um, against a Burnley side who are expecting to get heavily dominated in possession and, and just in the tempo of the game, it just shows the lack of quality that um, Brighton had on this day. But, I mean, yeah, I, f- I follow your points there with Burnley. I think they, they have pieces here now that they can uh, can see as be- being building blocks. And I think if they could just fill in maybe uh, a central midfielder that could be like a box-to-box guy instead of like a one-dimensional type player, um, maybe fill in that other flank. Um, right now it's Aaron Lennon. He did score in this game, but somebody with younger, that is younger and with a higher ceiling of potential. Um, I think they can definitely climb the table, but right now it's just survival mode for them, um, getting points where they can. And fortunately for them, they have a couple games in hand. So, um, But that's not, that's not how it always goes. We're seeing teams well above them now with wasting their games in hand. Um, main, main, the main suspect being Tottenham, um, they're they're dropping every chance they can get to catch up. But 
that's something that they need to watch out for. And um, they're they're using those games well right now, two straight wins. But um, yeah, um, it's really making that bottom, uh, that relegation battle that much more interesting when these teams are starting to close the gap on the, those teams right uh, above safety. So um, positives for them. I'm happy to see Weghorst get... Um, to get his goal finally and um i made money off it fortunately enough i had a great week uh yeah. when it came to these games um surprisingly but yeah um i'm very surprised with burnley these uh, we'll get to their second game but i'm surprised with how they did yeah for sure um i can't wait to get to the second one i've got a lot to say okay let's move on liverpool three norwich city one this one went uh how we thought it would uh, come the end of the game, but initially uh, things looked shaky for Liverpool. A a really flat first half for them. It seemed like they were kind of just toying with uh, with Norwich a little bit. Um, and to me, I said flat, but maybe flat's not the word. It just seemed like Liverpool were not not ready to finish these these opportunities that they had. I don't I don't necessarily know what was going on. It took them a long time to finally. To finally get things figured out, and I think it was the point uh, after halftime when uh, Milo Rashica scored. Uh, he scored in the 48th minute. Josh Sargent with the assist. He's looked really good in the past couple weeks. Um, it, it was really at that point where Liverpool realized, like, oh my god, what the fuck? We can't drop points to Norwich City, and they turned on the afterburners. Uh, a goal from Sadio Mane in the 64th, one from Salah in the 67th, and then Luis Diaz scoring his first goal in a Liverpool kit in the 81st minute. Uh, Liverpool take all three points in a decided victory over a Norwich City side where they are certainly better than. Uh, statistically, you know, the, the scoreline kind of tells the story, but 29 shots, 8 shots on target, and 70% possession versus 6-1 and 30 for Norwich City. So this one went how we thought it did. Um, I have to say the standout for me is Luis Diaz. I mean, he has been so, so good. Uh, Liverpool just have so much talent up top. If you look uh, at the Premier League goal scorers right now, the first three players uh, on the list are all Liverpool players. It's Salah, Mane, and I think Jota is in third. So really crazy. And then they just have so much depth. Uh, Origi is really good. Firmino is really good. And it looks like Luis Diaz uh, is also extremely good. And he slotted right into that team. So I have to give props to the Liverpool scouts and Jurgen Klopp, who um, has wanted him for some time, according to the rumor mill. Uh, really good performance from Liverpool. And they, they come within three points of first place. Yeah, um, they're definitely getting their scoring boots um, on the, for this year. Liverpool, they've now scored 100 goals in 39 matches in all competitions this season, and that's becoming the first Premier League club to do that this year. Um, and it, compared to last year, they only scored 97 goals in 53 matches in the whole of last season. So that just shows like how much they've stepped up, stepped it up this year in our really challenging city. Um We'll get to them against Tottenham, but that that result went in their way, and now it's it's three points between the two, and they still have to play each other. So um, it's gonna it, we it's crazy because uh, a month a month or two ago that gap was there. It was like thirteen points, and everybody thought it was over. And you just the flip of the flip of the hat right there. Uh, it's just it's on again, which just makes it that much more interesting and that much more enjoyable to watch these games now because they mean that much more. Um, 
for Norwich, I mean, always you're just gonna throw this one out the window. I mean, they they had to play City and then Liverpool back to back. So I mean, just just get those games out of the way and we'll move on. If I'm Dean Smith, just forget about it. But yeah, um, Diaz scoring his first goal in the league this year there. Um, was nice to see. He did play well today too against Leeds. So he's fitting in well. I'm really interested to see. Um, would you rather start him or Jota right now if you had to? Well, Jota's my boy. I mean, I've I've yeah. really always liked him. I think he's he's come through for me a lot in in a betting sense. Um, but I also just think he brings so much to the team. And he was another player that they bought and he slotted right in. Um, you know, I, I don't want to say the two are interchangeable, but. I think in this Liverpool team, you can kind of put anybody in there. I think if you put Origi in there, he he'd kind of do a similar job. I think he's right. like massively underrated too. But um, I I mean, gun to my head, I guess I'd say Jota just because he's been doing it for longer, and, yeah. and I have a lot of a lot of faith in him. He performed at Wolves, and he's performed here. He's really never proved or like uh, led me astray. So I'd say him. Um, but at the same time, I mean. Luis Diaz is your new signing. You you want to make sure that he's getting experience in the side and you want him to be playing his his natural position. So I can understand it. And and Jota, you know, he's he's had knocks and it's a good good opportunity for him to get some rest. I, I know that Liverpool aren't worried about uh about salary, so you know, they're interchangeable, but I I'd, I'd still go with Jota just because of uh, you know, history, I guess. Do you think this the signing of him and now that you've seen he can do it in this league? After a short time, do you think this puts them on level with the Man City attack with all the depth they have? Um, it's certainly close. I mean, I, I worry about Liverpool more so um, in the midfield. I, I think Ox is, is just serviceable. Henderson's getting up there. You know, he's long in the tooth. And then Naby Keita's actually looked pretty good the, the few games that I've seen him recently. Uh, I just think I think Man City's uh, midfield and going forward is is a little sharper um but the wingers like you have to give the edge to you have to give the edge to liverpool i think honestly because um i mean it should, you mentioned the stat when it comes to top scorers yeah it's all them and the nearest city yeah. player is sterling with 10 yeah and sterling's been good too i i, I shit on him in in recent years but he's been really good this season we we can't take that away from him um and i think i think mars is another player who who doesn't I don't think he gets under the radar. He doesn't get the shine that he deserves. Like he's he's mental. He's so good, and he has been so good consistently for a really long time. Uh, You have to think like he burst onto the scene in 2015. It's been seven years that he's been. You know, he's not he's not producing at the same clip, um, but he's he's helped. Like he's he's very very helpful, and he's so important in spacing out on the wing for City. Um, so I give the edge honestly to Liverpool's offense, but I think City are still a a better unit. They just they're more cohesive still, and I think yeah. I think Liverpool could actually win the league. Uh, it seemed kind of inconceivable weeks ago, um, yeah. but I, I I still want to give it to to City. I just think they're a better unit. Okay, yeah, I, I totally agree there. It'd be interesting to see if Mara's got a. A consistent run in the team for a full year like Salah does because the rotation in City is pretty frequent so it'd be interesting to see if he got a, a full 38 games what his numbers would look like yeah and it, it's crazy because like Mares has definitely lost some pace in recent years he, he's still got it when he really needs to have it um but he's 
I don't even want to say that he's grown as a player, but you can see his maturity. You can see how he's matured. Like he's he's so silky smooth on the ball, and he was always really good with the ball on his feet. But he's he's just so graceful, and he makes so many excellent passes and runs into space. Yeah. Um, I've every time I get to see him start, it's it's a treat because I I really admire his game. Um, okay, let's move on to Southampton and Everton. Uh, what a fucking disaster this one was. Southampton 2, Everton nil. This one was home for the St. St. Mary's Stadium. Uh, they absolutely battered Everton. Frank not doing so hot in his start with Everton. I say give him some time, but who knows what the Blues think. 19 shots for Southampton, 11 of those on target with 56% possession. The Everton defense could just not stop them in this game. Uh, nine shots for Everton, zero of those on target, and 44% possession. I just think that Everton are... I don't know. You look at the sh- you look at the team sheet. You know, when it came out, I looked at the team sheet, and I was like, this is pretty much the best team that, that they can put out, bar not having... Tamari Gray, uh, and you know he's he's injured. So, um, I I just I don't know what else Everton can do. You're starting Richarlison and DCL up top. They were extremely good last season, especially at the beginning. Allen and Donny Van de Beek in the middle of the park. Allen is is still one of my you know top fifteen defensive midfielders in the world. I think I think he's he's fantastic on his day. It will be not great. That's where I probably would have rather had Damari Gray, but and Van de Beek and and Gordon, who's been good. So I don't know what else really a team like Everton can put out there in terms of going forward and the middle of the park to improve. Um, but their defense is so fucking bad. I mean, it's so shocking. But we can't really blame them for this result because Everton couldn't get anything going offensively whatsoever. Southampton dominated. They held most of the possession. They had all the shots. They had all the chances. And they just bodied Everton all over the pitch. This is such a terribly sad performance for Everton. They got nothing going. And, you know, they held Southampton to nothing for a majority of the game. But Stuart Armstrong in the 52nd and, and Shane Long in the 84th, you know, they take all three points on on some solid goals from guys that, aren't necessarily severe threats, you know what I mean? Yeah. I just think on this on the day, I think Southampton just um I think Everton just caught Southampton at the wrong time of year to play them. They're they're shrieking a bit. They're they're finding their form. These guys are being consistent week in and week out. And I just think man to man, um Southampton are just better right now. Um I think, yeah, on their day, I think these some of these Everton players are top quality, but um I don't know if it's the formation. It seems like they're changing it from time to time. What do you think is like the best formation they could run here? Do you think it's like a, a basic 4-4-2? I, I've seen them at times um, earlier on where they had three in the back and they had wingbacks going. Um, I don't know. What, what would you think is a decent formation for them with that set of players maybe? I mean, I have absolutely no clue because do you want Keane, Holgate, and I mean, who the fuck else do you even put back there at center back? Like Mina, Jesus, do you want them as your back three? 
I mean, I, when they played the three in the back and they were trying to build it out, his ball skills are just absolutely no. They're so they're so bad. He's such a liability defensively, and then building it out, of course. Um, we yeah. didn't see their Ukrainian left back play here. He decided to go with uh, John Joe Kenny at left back instead. Yeah, and I think like at this point in the season, I mean, Frank's trying to figure out his team. I get it. He's only been there for five weeks now, probably not even five weeks. I, I understand, but. You would hope that that he would give the Ukrainian kid some some fucking you know a chance. Yeah. Um, I've seen enough of John Joe Kenny. I'm not impressed. Uh, I've said that too. That's not the first time that that I'm bringing that up. Seamus Coleman, very long in the tooth. Um, he's getting to be the the Leighton Baines, I think. Uh, you know, consistent was consistent for a really long time, but he's he's starting to get to that point where I think he needs to look for a replacement. So right. uh, I don't know. I mean, I don't think Coleman can play wing back. I don't think Kenny can play wing back. I know uh, Mikalenko can, but I, I just don't. I'm just not impressed. Like I'm not impressed with the performances from from some of these other guys. Like Allen, this wasn't a great game for him. He got he got subbed off because they were afraid he was going to get a red. And you know they put Andre Gomez in. Uh, what a handsome guy, but he can't play. He can't play worth a fucking damn. Uh, he just makes so many mistakes. He's so sloppy. And Everton need some players to, to come in in the summer. I think I, DCL might not be the guy for them either. He He's looked poor. Right. You know, he's been injured, but he's looked poor since he's been back. Richarlison not not scoring and assisting at the clip he, he was last season either. I don't know if they need to switch up top. I don't know if they maybe just need to play DCL up front and Richarlison behind him, which they were doing for a while. Um, I don't know if they need to go back to that. It's it's up to Frank. Uh, we're gonna see. He's gonna change things up here soon, I think. Um, but they need to they need to use Gordon, I think, a little bit more going forward because he's been impressive and he's a young guy. Uh, yeah. and I think he's he's one of the only guys that that has like grit and determination in this team right now, and that's really important to build around. So if they can yeah. do that, you know, Everton may be able to salvage. Uh. I don't even know. I mean, they they are down there still. They they may be able to at least salvage some some moral victories, but it's it's been a tough tough season for them. Yeah, I think maybe a four three three. Maybe they could push for Charleston to a wing and have Gordon on the other, and sure. then uh, slot Delhi in behind. Yeah, I, I mean that's too that's true. Delhi Alley is another person that like you know he's he's probably gonna fight for you because he's he's trying to revive his career. So that that yeah. may be that may be an interesting move as well. Yeah. If he can't if he can't make it work here at Everton, I think it's over for it's him. It's done. Yeah, I'd, I'd have to agree. All right, let's move on. Aston Villa nil, Watford one. What the fuck, dude? I can't pick Villa worth a fucking damn either. Um, They're free falling right now. Yeah, I know. Emmanuel Bonaventura, the only goal scorer in this game in the 78th minute. Villa had their foot on the on on Watford's neck um, for a large portion of this game. 20 shots, only one of those on target, uh, but they did control the possession. Villa broke a couple times. They looked like uh, they were, you know, at least uh, kind of threatening. Strange lineup here. Uh, Buendia and Coutinho out on the wings with Danny Ings in the center. Don't think Coutinho is a winger. That's when his career started to get strange is when he was he was forced out onto the wing at Barca, forced out onto the wing at Bayern. That's not where he should play. 
He should be playing right behind the striker. That's where he was extremely successful at Liverpool. Um, and you kind of give him the freedom to roam around the park. I don't think you put him on the wing. I, as soon as I saw the team sheet, I know he's he's been there a couple times already for Villa, but that's I just don't think that's where he belongs. Um, I think that's the role that um, Ramsey plays right now is where you're, you want him to play. Yes, I think that's what he do. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, because Luis is going to be in the center of the park. That's just... That's just how it is, um, and that's fine. But I think uh, Coutinho can't be on the front line. He's got to be one back so that he can play those balls through um, instead of playing them across. But, yeah, not a, not a great performance from Villa. Luca Digne, not been impressive there. Um, Ollie Watkins is out of the side. He got subbed on here, uh, but he's his form has been in free fall. Villa, in general, in free fall. It's been really bad. Leon Bailey not producing whatsoever. He came on in this game, but um, hasn't hasn't been what what they probably expected. You know, they paid quite a bit for him. And Buendia, same thing. You know, two wingers that they brought in uh, that they thought were going to inject life into this team, and they just haven't. I don't know uh, if we can blame really any of this on Stevie G, um, but I'm sure that he'll be really upset with his team's performance in this one. Uh, on the other hand, Watford getting a, a much-needed three points. Yeah, I mean, um, they're still sitting there in 19th, right above Nor- Norwich, one point ahead. But um, yeah, they were fortunate to get the win here. Um, fortunate that Villa just couldn't keep anything on target, and uh, they just got over the line by the by the skin of their teeth. Um, I, I'm looking here at their bench and like the squad overall. Maybe it seems like they they just don't have any sort of reliable squad depth or anybody to come off the bench. I know the goal um, came late on, and it was against uh, Ashley Young. I, I remember Dennis headed the ball, and I just saw Ashley Young just grabbing the back of him for holding on for dear life to just mess him up. But, yeah, I just don't think they have anybody reliable off this bench, really. They have Leon Bailey, but it seems like he's turning into a injury hazard for them. Um, he's He's been on the bench hurt more than he has been playing. Um I think he's only scored one goal early on when he first came in the summer, and ever since then he's been a pretty much a dud. Buendia has been a dud um, for the price tag that they brought him in for. Um, Danny Ings isn't doing anything. Another one of the Jack Grealish money boys. Um, I mean, overall, it's just looking lackluster. There's no sort of vigor or fight into this team right now. Um, I don't know where they're going to get their points, really, if they keep playing like this. But I'd agree with you. Maybe if they play Coutinho a bit deeper, he can be more um, a part of the buildup and the play, not more, not so isolated out in those wings at times where he has to maybe do a bit more um, to cut inside and be more involved in the play. But, yeah, I think fortunate for Watford here, getting uh, Rui Hodgson probably his one win of the season. And, um yeah, Aston Villa need to really turn it around because they could be in a situation with Brentford sooner or later, um, where they're just dropping right in that that uh, the the scrap. Yeah, I absolutely agree. Okay, let's move on. That was kind of a, a snore game. Um, we had Crystal Palace versus Chelsea, another one that was quiet for a long, long period. Um, Chelsea get out with all three points. They win one nil. Hakim Ziyech getting one in the 89th. He's been clutch a couple times this season. Um, Nine shots on target for Chelsea, or nine shots, three of those on target, versus Palace's seven, none of those on target. Chelsea did dominate the possession, um, but they didn't 
I, I thought maybe this would be a, a sweaty one, like a, a tough one. Um, and it, it ended one nil, you know, they, they just had to grind it out. They got the result. This is, this palace team is not easy to play. Um, on their day, they can be extremely effective, uh, going forward. This was not one of those games, but, uh, they defended relatively well. We did see Lukaku, um, who is continuing to have quite a go of it, um, on his return to Chelsea. He's just really not fitting in here well, which is strange because the first four or five games of the season, I was like, they stole him for 90 mil. He he looked so good and there was so much space, but, um, he's, he's really not, not doing the job that I think they probably would have expected. Um, but thankfully other guys are, are picking the slack up. Havertz out on the left, Ziyech out on the right, both had relatively solid games. Um, Pulisic, you know, he's getting his time. He's he's just scored in the Champions League. Um, a really good goal, actually. Um, and I think, you know, some of these guys just need to make sure that they're staying healthy, staying in the game. Conte is another guy who you really want to see stay healthy because um, you just can't miss him. And uh, Chelsea's rotations has been okay. Um, they have guys that you can bring off the bench that I think can do a really good job. Uh, RLC, Chaloba. Uh, Timo Werner on occasion, but really uh, Kovacic and, and Marcos Alonso, who I think have both been good uh, when they've been called upon. Um, so a good result for Chelsea. It's great to get three points here against a Palace side who I am very fond of. Yeah, fortunate that Ziyech popped up here. He did score earlier and it was ruled off sides from VAR. Um, it's nice. Yeah, like you mentioned, it's nice to see him perform in there. Um, I think Lukaku just doesn't work with Tuchel. I don't think the Tuchel system is uh, pro-Lukaku with how he works. I think when he played with the inner, um, the style was based around him. And um, I think Tuchel's idea with this team is more team-oriented rather than focusing on him solely in the attack. Maybe. I don't know. I'm just going off the top of my head what I've seen. And obviously, we've seen in the media that they've butted heads on this issue and on other things and it's kind of dragged out a little bit but now it's we're just waiting for that breakthrough for Lukaku to come back and we're paying 120 million dollars and he scored under five goals um this year it's pretty poor I mean you never want I never want Jorginho to be our top scorer when he only scores penalties it's just really sad and it seems like that's what that's going to be the story at the end of this year as well um I'm sure we'll get several more penalties and he'll score them all. But yeah, I think that and um, the left back position is just pretty bare ever since Chilwell got injured. It's been kind of filling in the hole and play. We've been playing four in the back now um, con- consistently, and that's just not good for Alonzo. We need him at a wing back position with uh, three center backs. That's where he performs well. And when it's this four back, and he has more defensive duties on him. It's just not in his benefit. So, and they've been playing um, Saar out there, and he, we've been—I've seen him make a lot of mistakes um, in consecutive games, and it's just a very, very easy weakness to pick out um, when teams play us, especially in um, against higher quality talent, talented teams. Um, but. Yeah, I think Crystal Palace, unfortunate for the, for them, they couldn't get anything here. Um, 
And I'm seeing here that this is the first time Chelsea's won back-to-back Prem games um, since October. So that just shows you the consistency of this team so far. We've only lost three games out of 25, but we just can't consistently put results together. And that's a big reason why we're 13 points behind the leaders. Yeah, for sure. Um, not not looking great for, for Chelsea at this point in, in terms of winning the league, um, but they will certainly... I think um, have that third place spot locked up. I just I think Chelsea are are in a strange spot right now. Uh, don't want to say that they're in the mud. I don't think they are, but um, they I think they're going to rebound here soon. There's just no way Lukaku continues to play like this. I have too much faith in him as a player, and he's not he isn't in the shape he was in when he was at Inter. I'll be honest. He 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 looks much bigger and like. You yeah. can see when he touches the ball, he, he something's not there. It, his touch is really heavy. He's he's not touching the ball all that much, and when he does, it's not good. So I don't um, think they get him involved early enough. No, they in the don't. Game where he can get a flow. I think it's confidence too. Like they they're not they're they're just not playing through him, and it's hard to to establish confidence and and establish a relationship with the other guys you're attacking with. Um, when the ball's not really going through you. So I, I, I really don't blame him. I just, I don't think that he maybe even fits into to TT's uh, system. And, and that's okay. Um, okay. Let's move on. Where are we? Oh, yeah. This was a fucking cracker. Uh, Manchester City 2, Tottenham Hotspur 3. Did you watch this game? Yeah, I was up in Philly watching a Penn Georgetown lacrosse game. Weirdly, yeah. um, but I was at the stands watching it too, and I was I was shocked. Um, it's crazy with how Tottenham have played recently, where they lose three straight games. And when we're talking about this game in the previous episode, where we're thinking Man City here, they match up well. Um, Tottenham are in bad form, but I did say there's like a weird, a weird thing with Tottenham here where Conte maybe gets the guys up for it. They obviously have that win from earlier in the year, and they doubled down on it. They they they're one of those teams that rarely can say we they beat City twice um, in a, in a single calendar or in a single season, which is a hard thing to say. But this Tottenham team somehow did it, and they started off early with, with that Kulisevsky goal. I mean. Nice little tap in for him. You can't ask for an easier finish. And then you had Harry Kane. I mean, he stepped up against the team where he wanted to go, um, but he was professional and he did him dirty here. I mean, we thought in the 92nd minute when they gave that cheesy penalty to Mares, maybe um, it was a casual Tottenham thing where they just lose points on purpose, but. That goal in the 95th minute, man. That's that's what that's why we watch these games. You have to stay in the game at all times, focused and locked in until that final whistle blows. And I mean, it was a great sight to see because the title race is now back on fully. Now we can confirm that, and it's a great result for Tottenham because it gave them that that uh, hope to get in the mix for the top four. But after today, I mean, now we're back to square square one. Yeah, absolutely. Uh... This was just such a crazy game. Um, Kulisevsky, just for this game, I'd say worth the money they paid for him. Uh, he looked great. I would hope anybody they buy for even 10 pounds would score that goal he did. <laughs> no, I know. 
Um, but he was, I think he was impressive in, in most yeah, of the yeah, runs yeah. that he made. Uh, you know, he did. He, he, he assisted, assisted the last goal too. He assisted the last goal and he's not that fast, but he's really effective at using his body. Um, and I mean, I, I've watched this guy. I've watched this guy many, many, many times um, on the Swedish national team. I've seen him play there too. Um, impressive in his in his prior teams. But he just worked. He worked very, very intelligently in this game. He didn't overexert himself. He managed to go the full stretch, and he was there when it mattered. Um, and I think that's that's important from your new guys to, to be getting that out of them. A good signing. I know Conte wanted him really, really badly, so um, that's good. But uh, we'll we'll get into what what Conte said today after today's game. But um, this was an awesome three points for Tottenham, and Tottenham have have notoriously in the past couple seasons played City extremely close. Um, they seem to be sort of their their kryptonite. Um, and City pressed them. City pressed Tottenham, and it didn't matter. Tottenham still managed to get the ball out of the back and score, and score really efficiently, honestly. This game probably should have ended 4-1, and it, or 3-1. It would have if, if Kane didn't get his, his goal varred off. Um, that was a huge momentum switch, and the goal, the, the penalty in the 92nd felt inevitable after after the goal got varred off. Um but they went down and against the odds, you know, they they scored anyway. So this was awesome for Tottenham. It doesn't matter because they're just going to throw themselves back into the fucking dirt, which is what they always do. Um, but yeah, City, you know, I think this is more important for City because now Liverpool are within three points of them. And that's, I didn't see that happening. Yeah, the pressure's on um, and they can't they can't let anything like that happen again because... They'll be in crisis mode, and I mean, now they their next couple games are are little little up and down. They get Everton, United, and Crystal Palace in the league, so they get a Manchester derby in there. That anything can happen in those rivalry games, regardless of status and where teams are in the table. So um, they need to be on top of their game. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Let us uh, let us move on. Only a couple more games here, and then we'll get into our previews. Another absolute scorcher. Leeds United 2, Manchester United 4. Harry Maguire gets his big square forehead on one in the 34th minute to get them ahead. Uh, Bruno Fernandes adds one in stoppage time, uh, the fifth minute of stoppage time. And uh, Rodrigo Moreno and Rafinha come out in the 53rd and 54th, score two goals, draw the game, heading into the uh, latter half of the second, where Fred gets subbed on for Pogba, who was brilliant in this game, by the way. Um, and Anthony Elanga scores in the 88th. What what a game this was. Um, United, up, Adam, active, up top, going uh, right at Leeds back line and, and midfield who are just so lost. I was saying this to Matt, um, without Calvin Phillips, uh, they just play such a kamikaze style of football and it's, it can be so debilitating if they don't get out front first and they didn't, um, they, they just couldn't keep up with United and you know, two second half goals from guys you maybe wouldn't necessarily expect. I'm starting to expect Alanga to score every game because he's been crazy. Um, but yeah, statistically, you know, Leeds Leeds were in it 
Uh, six shots on target, nine shots <clears throat> on target for United, 15 and 16 respectively for United and Leeds. And then Leeds actually controlled the ball for 55% of the game. So impressive. They knocked the ball around a lot too, 409 passes with 80% accuracy on those passes. Um, they moved the ball better than they have in recent weeks, and you did see them score two goals. But United outwitted them and also outlasted them. Um, and we thought maybe this could be a game where Things were strange, um, but United coming out with with all three in this one. Yeah, the only way this system works for them is if they can score more than the other team, and uh, we we know it doesn't work defensively long ga- long term because they've given up the most goals now in the league with fifty six, and that that could easily rack up to over eighty, I would guess. Um, with the players they have there, they just don't have the quality to hold it down and they don't have the stamina to really keep them out for the entire game. So it's tough. I mean, we did see the flicker of fraud Chester in that 92nd period with the two goals. I mean, um, Bruno got caught on the ball dawdling and um, paid the price for it. And then um, the first goal was kind of fluky. It was like uh, the Masuaku goal earlier in the year against Chelsea. It was like he meant to cross it. And it just magically went in. This one was with the win, so De Gea couldn't do anything about it. But yeah, at the end of the day, it was just um, the the better team won. I think the quality that United had prevailed. And like you mentioned, Paul played his role phenomenally. Uh, The back line did just enough. And um, goals came from everywhere. Unfortunately, Ronaldo didn't score. So he's going back in a, a drought again which is tough but for his ego mainly but at the end of the day the best thing happened and it was the team getting three points so um keeps them in the top four they get a four point gap now on west ham and arsenal um we'll see what happens tomorrow with arsenal but right now they're in a, a cozy spot yeah for sure um really good three points for united leads in the mud okay uh wolves two leicester city one good god Oh, I have such a tough. I don't. I think I took. Did I take a draw in this game? Took Leicester, and I think I took Wolves. Yeah, so that was dumb. I bet on Leicester too because their odds were really good. Um, Ruben Neves opened the scoring in the ninth minute. Classic Ruben. I mean, this guy. He's he's just dependable. He's so dependable. He would fit into quite literally any team in the Prem. I think he'd be. Chelsea don't really need him, but he'd probably work great in that system. Uh, he, I would pay hundred, at least 100 mil for him at Arsenal. He's so, really? he's so good. I bet you his price tag's at least 75 mil. Well, he's only, he turns 25 in a, yeah, in a couple of I mean. weeks. That's, that's like, he's not even really at prime age yet. I, I think his, his asking price, and I don't know what his contract looks like at Wolves, um, sometimes they let guys go for really cheap, but I bet you his transfer transfer value is is about seventy mil. I think that's that's probably a realistic estimate. He's been really solid for them for for a couple of years now. Um, super dependable and can get himself on the score sheet from a position where you you wouldn't maybe always expect it. Um, he can play a little bit deeper. He can play a little bit far forward, or he can play right in that holding midfield role. Um, and paired alongside Moutinho and Dendonker, who have been okay. Um, not so much Moutinho, but Dendonker's been good. Um, he's just really effective. You know, Potence gets the the second goal here um, after Lookman tied it up in the forty first. But 
Wow. Um, Wolves, I said they were at the, you know, they were due for a correction, but they continue to to prove me wrong. I've had a tough time picking them this season. Um, they look really solid here. I honestly think Leicester played okay. I thought at points they outplayed Wolves, but Wolves defend so well after they score, um, and that's such an important thing that so many teams can't do. Um just such a good result for them. I mean, another three points. I think they're in seventh place at this point. Yeah. Yes, they're in seventh, just two points behind Arsenal. Um, Arsenal do have, you know, a couple of games in hand, but not on Wolves, just one on Wolves. So really good result for them. You know, I, th- I think they're, they're leagues ahead of, of teams like Tottenham and, and Brighton and Southampton in terms of consistency. So Wolves, another season where they're, where they're really on it. Yeah, they've been like the dark horse so far, climbing up the league, uh, had a bad start, um, had questions about the management and the style they had. Um, I know early in the season I, I casted Jimenez off, and he's still kind of there, in my opinion, but um, they, they're making it work with the guys they have, and credit to Bruno Lage. Um, the price tag on Neves, you were mentioning, it's on the one website, it says he's currently valued at $44 million. Um, his highest was 55, but I'm sure with like luxury taxes and all that crazy stuff, they just put on for no reason. He'll probably sell for like 80. Um, he, I think he's there. He's their vice captain behind Connor Cody. So, um, and he's play. He's already played four full seasons if you count this year's in the in the prem. So he's a experienced player in the league. Um, he he does his role very well in the middle there with Moutinho. Um, it just seems like at the age of 24, 25 in a couple of weeks, he's a seasoned vet there in the league. So, uh, a great result for them, um, squeaked it out in the end from a goal from Podence, his first on the year. We did see the return of Pedro Neto for the first time, uh, in 10 months when, uh, he, he broke his kneecap. Um, that was the injury he had. I can't imagine that, but, um, Wolves, Wolves players get the worst injuries. It seems like with him and Jimenez, but. They they just know how to get the job done with the players they have. So it's great squad management for them. But on the other hand, man, Leicester just they just can't can't hold it down. They just can't put it together right now. And I don't know what's up with uh, Brendan Rodgers. Um, I feel like he he's safe in his job regardless of where they finish this year um, because he's earned that respect from them and the fans. But it's just uh, I think the quality's there. They they did have their opportunities to to earn a point here and even win, and shut Wolves out of it. But uh, they just don't have that final finishing touch. It seems like I I I do have full respect and trust in their middle in the midfield. Tillemans always puts on a good show, and Didi can hold it down. Um, but it just seems like the front attacking guys just don't have it right now. Um, no Madison. And no Harvey Barnes here. Um, Madison did come off the bench, but those are the type of guys you're looking for to really be game match winners. And uh, Lookman did score here. He seems like he's a good player for them um, since being bought from Leipzig. But I just, uh, it seems like they miss Vardy so much. It's crazy how much we underestimate him in this team at times. You don't realize how much of a difference he makes in their chances to win games um it's something i've really 
um, opened my mind to and just realized that he's so he's so dynamic for them. And it seems like they're trying to groom Daka into that role. I'd like to see Nacho play more. We've seen last year what he can do for them. Um, he's been in the league for so long, a lot of his time with Man City, but I don't know. I don't know what it is. Maybe they need to change their formation a bit uh, to work something out. But yeah, I don't know. And and they will be losing key players next year. We know Tillemans is going to leave guaranteed. And you never know. One more player might leave. You maybe see James Madison go to an Arsenal or something. Or yeah. um, Nacho be fed up with inconsistent playing time. And maybe he goes to like a Newcastle. Oh, I'd take I don't him know. at Arsenal. Yeah, exactly. I mean, we know Arsenal are going to buy a striker. Yeah. Um, so uh, I'm sure they'll look at him. But yeah, I don't know. There's a lot of questions around Leicester right now. They do have the most games in hand um, with a couple other clubs. But I think a lot of those games in hand are against uh, top 10 teams right now. So um, I know they can turn it around. It just comes down to if they want it or not. Yeah, absolutely. And we're going to go ahead and get into match day 13, and then there's one from 18 and one from 19 here. Three games. Uh, Burnley won Tottenham nil. I mean, geez. Yeah, let me know. Let me know what was it what was it about. You said all the players for Tottenham should have been locked up. I don't understand how you, how you can go out and beat City's press. They're insanely effective, efficient, high press where they are all over you at all times. You not only beat them, you beat them by scoring three goals on one of the best defenses in the league. One of the best defenses in Europe in general. And then you lose to Burnley 1-0 at Turf Moor. I mean, Turf Moor is a hard place to play, but... I think they they were the Burnley in that game against City, and now they became the City in this game. I think that's just what it comes down to, the tactical side of things, where Burnley are just accepting the punishment, where Tottenham were the team accepting the punishment in possession against City, and I think Kane was the X factor in that game, obviously with the goals, yeah. but when he comes into that shadow striker false nine type of role to collect the ball and he was slipping sun in like it was nothing yep almost every single time and uh, they couldn't do that here because burnley kept such a deep line that they they had no verticality it all had to be horizontal and whatnot side to side so completely different tactics and it seems like that is something that they aren't good at they can't create chances when it comes to teams packing it in and whatnot it's very tough for them like every other team it seems like uh, at the highest level, they all struggle with it, but uh, Tottenham struggle the most with it. So yeah. I can definitely understand at the end of the day this result. But yeah, it's frustrating after beating the the reigning champs. Um, after you get a huge win like that to go into this game, and maybe they underestimated Burnley. You never know. I, I know teams definitely do that, but uh at the end of the day burnley just got got the job done they got what they get did uh the one no win and they were like okay with it yeah i mean i i don't know they they switched things up a little bit here you had son and and um kulisevsky playing like cam behind um behind kane who was just up top by himself it's a little right. different but that's fine i mean i think both of those like son certainly can can play an effective role there he can really kind of play anywhere he's just that good but um defensively and in the midfield like uh, that's where I've always said this season that Tottenham have issues and it honestly is like it is where they have problems 
Their back line's not good enough. Romero got fucking beat here um, on the free kick where that Ben Mee scored. Um, I mean, we know Ben Mee, Ben Mee can score. He's he's good in the air. He's he's solid, um, serviceable for for sure. But uh, a cross came in like kind of deep into the area from a free kick uh, that was out on the right, and Mee just straight up beat Romero. Like straight up beat him. Romero not trying hard enough. Don't think he's he's an answer back there. He's been okay, but he's not great. Um, and there was nothing Larice could do, you know. And and after that one went in, you know if Burnley score at that point in the game, like close the doors, like it's done. You, Tottenham weren't getting in. Um, Burnley not always. They they don't really blow games like that. Um, and <sighs> the way that these Tottenham players play, how uninspired they are sometimes, and this is a problem with Harry Kane. He's either really, really on, or he's a ghost. And he's been, there's been a couple games where he's been unbelievable, old Harry Kane, and a couple games where he's been way too quiet. Um, and this was a game where he was too quiet. And the way these players play are going to get their world-class manager shit-canned. He's done. Did you see the interview? I didn't. He's done. He's going to walk away. 100%. That's what I was going to ask you. I was going to say, if they finish outside top six, do you think he just walks? I think he's going to walk away this week. He, I'll send you the clip after. I have never seen a manager so upset with himself. And I I, I don't blame he him. Knew, he knew what he was walking into. I, I know, and that's I, I made that argument too. I'm kind of playing both sides. I made that argument in, in one of the chats I'm in. Like, yeah. He knew what he was walking into. He knew he was walking in and working with the hardest person to work with in Daniel Levy. He's so hard to work with. He's very cheap. He, he doesn't... He's not going to give you everything that you want. Tottenham are just not that team. They're not. And there's a lot of teams that are like that. Arsenal's the same way right now. If if a world class manager signed for them, they're not going to get all the money that they want to spend. It's it's just not where either of those teams are. And Conte decided that he wanted to go and do it, and it's not turning out. And he said, "I'm not the guy to to fix this issue right now." Essentially, I'm paraphrasing. And his Eng uh, his English isn't very good. Well, it seems like every interview he does, he always laughs. It seems like in oh, it. he was and not I, I feel laughing like, in this one. I feel, like, I feel like it's just out of frustration. He doesn't know what else to do besides just laugh. Yeah, and his English is poor. Um, but but you can just tell from being Italian, like the emotion. Yeah, like, yeah. The emotions give it off. He, he wears his he wears his emotions on his sleeves at times. He was very upset, and he said, um, "I I'm I'm not the guy to fix this problem at Tottenham." And he said, "I need to talk." I need to talk to um, the club. Just, oh my god! When was the last time somebody just straight up walked? They weren't even sacked. Well, I, I don't know. That's the thing. Like it seems like he's. I don't know if he wants to resign or what, but I'm gonna I'm gonna send you the clips from from Fabrizio Romano. I mean, it's it's legit shit. Like I watched the interview. I was like, Jesus Christ! Like this this is bad. They have a couple good games coming up. They got Leeds. FA Cup game against Middlesbrough and then Everton. Yeah, so, well, this was a good game if too. They if they don't win through all those games, I think he walks. It's or just something. it's just something. crazy. Like I don't think you. I think you have to take 
a point. I could maybe see a draw here, but they're just fumbling. Like this is this is the time where you need to get up on the table. They're level on games played with Wolves. They're now in eighth place. This was where they could have jumped Wolves. They could have gone level with Arsenal. Um, Arsenal, of course, have that game in hand, but still have to play each other too. Yeah, and of course. So so that's a that's a six point game, and you know. Tottenham just squandering like this is it like this is the Tottenham I I have known for the past five six seven years even when they've been really good they still find a way to fuck it up for themselves and uh, I mean I watch my team fuck it up for themselves every year but I feel like it's, it's just a given it's it's such a given you know they use the word spursy as an adjective it's it's real it's a real thing so that was a really disappointing game. I feel bad for Conte. I, I don't really have anything invested in the guy. Um, but like Matt said, he, he really does wear his emotions on his sleeve. And I could tell he was extremely upset after this one. Okay, Watford 1, Crystal Palace 4. Palace might be my adopted second team. I really like them. Um, what is it about them that you like so much? I really... They're really young, like moving forward, like going forward. Do you like? uh, I'm sure I like Vera too. Yeah, that's what I mean. I was gonna say you have that. You get the new manager with a. He's played in the league. He understands the style of the game. He brings in a lot of young talent that isn't what Crystal Palace usually do. They they obviously bring in lone guys. They brought in lost this cheek um, a couple years ago, so they obviously have that link with Chelsea and youngsters. They bring in the similar guy in Gallagher. Um, they, he gets more out of Zaha uh, as they bring in Olisi from yeah. the championship. As a still needs to get back. Um, you bring in actual young center backs now yep. um, instead of old school like James Tompkins and Scott Dan and all these old heads and it just it, it seems like it works better so i can i can understand what you're going with there yeah i mean gallagher obviously extremely young um doesn't belong to palace which is unfortunate for them because he's been really really instrumental i in think success. i think no matter i think if he even if he scored 20 goals this year i still don't think tuchel would start him or even give him minutes probably not. I, I genuinely believe that well, I th- then they should sell them for a lot of money because... That's what I mean. They never will, though. I know. Well, that's because they don't have to. That's I the know. thing. They don't, they don't have to. It, it's not out of necessity. I mean, and they're, it'll, they're it'll come to a thing. It's going to come down to him not wanting to re-sign a contract, and yep. then we just don't make money on him. It's like, okay. Yeah. But, like, look at, look at Kovacic. He he's he's a world-class midfielder. He's a baller. I remember we got him from Madrid. I was kind of iffy on it and he, uh, every season he's slowly he's always been there he's just always been in the squad he's always gotten minutes and now he's a somewhat starter yeah behind Jorginho and Conte and obviously Conte's gonna have his injuries now all the time so yeah. he's gonna get more and more time in there so yeah I, I can definitely see it our, our midfield is definitely aging so there is an opening there for Gallagher but yeah there's, there's always going to, you're talking about Arsenal and Tottenham being tight on money and Chelsea isn't, they're loose with it with Abramovich and we've seen them always splash money, obviously Lukaku. Mm-hmm. Um, rarely we see them sell guys for big money. The most recent one was Hazard and luckily for us it worked better in our favor because he's never looked the same since leaving. So no. 
it's 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 tough um i always like i always like to think you need to balance the books but they make so much money outside of selling players and whatnot from just marketing and all that stuff and just having a big fan base that it's not a big deal to them so i don't know i'd love to see him play he's english he's club grown um grassroots friend with club so he could fit in with reese james and mount and um who else loftus cheek in there hudson adoy i mean it's nice to see local guys play for your club so i'd love to see that for him but i just don't feel like he ever will get that chance yeah i i mean i agree but yeah i mean back to your question about about why i like palace yeah i just i think it's the youth you know i think that um they desperately needed a facelift and Vieira seems to to be giving them that. I, I don't know if we can thank him for all of the signings, but I think Olise is unbelievable. He's 20 years old. Mateta is young. Um, I think he's only 24. Wilf is aging, but he's he's just so athletic, it doesn't even matter. Um, and then guys like Eze and Gallagher. And like you said, there's now we have some young center backs. Like it's good. This is this is what Palace needed. They probably needed this years ago. Um, yep. but they finally got it. I like the way that they play. Um, and you know, they, they, they get, they get beat still, you know, it's, that's just going to happen with a team of, of their quality and really they lack experience still. So that happens. Um, but they're impressive to watch. And this was a game where, where they were impressive. Mateta got a goal, Gallagher got a goal, and then you got two out of Wolf Zaha. Um, Suzuko, you know, he got one in the middle there for, for, uh, Watford, but Watford, you know, they had a good result last week, back to a bad result this week, a really dominant performance by Palace and a really well-needed three points. So um, I'm sure they will be smiling about that one. Um, and then, it never, I was just going to say, it never seemed like Crystal Palace ever lost control of the game. No. Watching it, it seemed like they were even... They they scored that goal from Mateta, which was kind of kind of a weird one. It, yeah, yeah. Gallagher just whipped in a random cross, and it trickled in there, deflected, and Mateta made the most of it. But um, right away, Suzoko equalized uh, off a corner, and it seemed like Crystal Palace were going to go back to um, putting their heads down and and just going with the game. But um, Watford just didn't have the quality in there to really control it. And uh, eventually it worked in their favor. So good thing Gallagher scored before the half. It changed the changed the talk. Um, and they saw the game through with those two late goals. But yeah, Watford just look absolutely awful. It's just, it's They're just so really, bad. it's just, they've, they've lost the most games now in the league. They played 25. They've lost 17. Um, scoring's okay. I mean, for where they are, they've scored a decent he's amount a, of goals. He's a but... top five. Uh, Dennis is a top five scorer. Yeah, he has nine it's, goals. It, it's going to be one of those things where he's definitely going to be sold after this year because they're going to go down, and he's not going to be a championship player. Yeah, well, they he, he they came they, from they, Bruce, they right? They just got him this summer, so I'm sure they're going to lose at least two of those guys up front in um in in king sar and and uh dennis so yeah he's definitely he's definitely somebody i can see newcastle by i'll tell you that yeah it's crazy like and I, like i watch these guys i watch these these summer signings come in and i'm like what why can't why can't arsenal 
I've mentioned 15 strikers that I think Arsenal should buy because they just need they need one. I I don't care who it is, honestly. I really don't. I want them to be young and I want them to be quick. That's it. That's all I need. The good thing is you know you're going to get somebody. Oh, yeah, but it'll be like the worst of like it'll be like the worst of the people you can imagine. Like when Arsenal need a striker, they don't buy them and then when they kind of don't need a striker they will buy them and they'll give them an exorbitant contract and it won't work out that's exactly what just happened with Aubameyang do you think they'll get somebody in England like from the Prem or do you think they'll go outside the Prem well they're gonna pay a fuck ton if they go in England and there are guys that I don't think are happy um, so maybe like in, in Nacho is like on my short list. Um, I think it's your short list. How big? You got like five that you can name. Yeah. But like, I don't know what all of their contracts are like. Raphael, like, Raphael yeah. Leal and AC Milan. Yeah, like, yeah. Oh my God. I, I kill somebody for him. And I think he's a guy that his contracts expiring. I know Milan want to extend him. Um, but I'm sure he would, I'm sure that he would take a move to Arsenal. You know, it's, it's a bigger club it, right now. AC Milan is, of course, has huge world stature, but, um, the Prem is the Prem, as we all know, it has a, a certain draw. Um, Vahovic was of course, number one on, on my, uh, my shortlist and he scored in about 18 seconds for Juve on absolute worldy too. Uh, so that made me sick, but yeah, guys like Liao, guys like Inyaki Williams is another person who I, I would kill to have there. He's, he's getting up there, but... Would you um, take Jonathan David from Lille? Yeah, but not for 90 mil, which I bet you is what they ask for. Right. I mean, that's that's the kind of price that he's going to fetch. Um, you know, look what we bought look what we bought Pepe for. I mean, we paid 75 million for Pepe. I'd say yep. David's worth at least 90. Um, yeah, so th- those are all names that are, that are on my short list. Um, David will be getting a move this, this season. Uh, Rafael Leal will get a move or resign with, with um, Milan. Those are two guys that I'd really, really like to see. But really, I mean, at this point, like anybody young, anybody that's going to go out there and give it their all. Um, and uh, honestly, Fuck the experience thing. Uh, I don't. It, it hasn't worked for Arsenal in the past. Um, maybe in the middle of the park, I would like that. But our our attack is is very very young, and they produce. So um, I don't know. I think maybe another young guy, and just just tell them like let them loose and just say fucking go. Um, yeah, I'm sure they'll sign at least two strikers. I'm hoping. I'm hoping for sure. I think I think that's what logic says, but you never know. Yeah, you never know. Okay, let's move on. Liverpool 6 leads nil. Wow. Uh, I mean, uh, I was off base. <laughs> yeah, I was about to say, remember when you said this could I, be a draw? I do remember. I was off base. Uh, Leeds played United tighter than they played Liverpool, yeah. Um, yeah. but neither of these games were tight. I mean... They gave up 10 goals in those games. That's uh, abysmal. It's abysmal, and I I read a description of of Bielsa's style as kamikaze. That's exactly what it is. Yeah, <laughs> like that's it. Yeah. That is that is the most perfect description I've ever heard of the way Bielsa plays. Um, and 
and the ship blew up here. I mean, just absolutely exploded. Uh, Salah, two goals, both penalties. One of the 15th, uh, Joel Matip, who actually could play striker, honestly. He, his finishing is great. Um, scored in the 30th. Another penalty from Salah in the 35th. Mane, one in the 80th, one in the 90th, and then VVD on the score sheet in the 93rd. Uh, just an absolute slaughter. 23 shots, 15 on target, and 65% possession for Liverpool. They passed circles around Leeds with six, 672 passes. Um, they were clean. When when Leeds had the ball, they just let them have it. They took it away, let Leeds make the mistakes. Um, and there wasn't a second where Leeds were in this game. I mean, they're they're just they're down so bad. You know, they're in. 15th place on 23 points, just a point ahead of Everton with two more games played. I don't like Leeds' chances. I think they'll stay up, but they're going to be scraping by in 17th. Yeah, remember last year when we were saying um, Leeds were always consistent against like the top six teams? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm looking here. It says Leeds have lost every Premier League match against the current top four, being the two Manchester clubs, Liverpool and Chelsea, conceding at least three goals in all six defeats and a total of giving up 28 goals. Um, it's unbelievable just the turn of uh, the sophomore year for them. Just last year they finished. Um, where I think they finished top 10 last year, right? They finished like ninth or 10th. Um, um, I think so. Yeah. And now just, it's crazy. It's like they, they, everybody just figure them out and just, they understand how to beat them and it's crazy, but obviously more goes in the favor of these top teams because they just have the top of the line quality. Um, two penalties for Salah. Nice for him. Um, Matip, like you mentioned with probably one of the best finishes, probably the best finish on the day. Uh, and then just the end of the game, they, they couldn't see it through, and goal differential for them might be the killer because they're, they're they have the second worst right behind Norwich or ahead of Norwich, um, so that might cost them at the end of the day. But yeah, I mean it's just crazy that you just see Liverpool turn it on. This is a team that is challenging to win the title, and they're looking the stronger of the two sides between them and City. If you go off recent form. Um, Liverpool won six straight where City have drawn one and lost one in those six games. Um, so it should be interesting. And they have a better goal differential than Man City now as well. So, um, yeah, I mean, I don't know if Leeds are going to stay up, but I mean, that bottom, the current bottom seven, in my opinion, is going to be there. Um, I don't see any of them climbing out of that, really. The only team I can see get out of that is Newcastle. But I think that bottom seven is locked in. I think I could pretty strongly I could strongly say that. Yeah, I, I mean, I totally agree with you. Um, breaking news, Arsenal have offered um, Mikel Arteta a new contract. Ooh, worth, worth 8.3 million a year. Are we happy with that? <sighs> um, is there somebody better you could get? Not right now, I don't think. I don't think anybody else is going to be leaving. Would you Would you be able to sign Pochettino and be happy with that, or are you against that? I, no, I would love that. I I rate him extremely highly. I just think he's going to United, that's all. I, yeah, and, there's talks of him going to Madrid potentially to Lauren yeah. Mbappe. Yeah, that would make sense. And I think like United are just going to pay him more. Um, 
if you look at at what some of these other guys you know that are in like let's say the top like uh, five or six managers in the league um they're making way more than 8.3 million dollars a year so if Mikel can can um perform with these guys if they like him and it seems like the young players really like him like they really really do and yeah. that's probably because he's young um then i guess fine uh it'll be fine until it's not that's typically just how <laughs> how ma- that's how it is really with a manager um we've seen extremely successful guys uh, leave or be sacked. I think of Ranieri at Leicester. It was really fine. It was great until it wasn't. You know, that's just kind of what happens. And think about how it is with um, what's his name, fucking Everton. Uh, not Rafa. Before him, oh Ancelotti. Yeah, it's always great until it's not, and then he's gone. So you know that that's just that's how it is with the. I saw today that James Rodriguez on his Twitch stream recently said mm-hmm. that he'd be down to come back to Everton. He says he was forced out because of Benitez. I saw that. Yeah, Benitez did. He he did innumerable damage on Everton. That was. I think, I think he was a undercover Liverpool double agent. Still, he may have been. I mean, what an unbelievably panicked decision that was. Just so bad. It it hurt. It hurt Everton. It put them two or three years behind where where they they were headed. Uh, I really thought the beginning of last year that Everton were in a good place, and then Ancelotti left, and then James stopped playing, and then Benitez came in, and such a mess. But um, yeah, that was that was tough. All right, we've been going for a while. Let's um let's get into these predictions and close the show out. Um. It's good to give you guys a longer episode every once in a while, though. Okay, tomorrow, match day 20 of 38, 2.45 p.m., Arsenal taking on Wolves at the Emirates. I love Arsenal in a home game here. Um, Wolves just been my absolute bane of my existence. I'm taking Arsenal to win straight up here. I, they, they didn't play them all that long ago. I think maybe it was um, like mid-February, the 10th, only two weeks ago. Arsenal won one nil. They had that red card. I like Arsenal to win one or two nil again here. Yeah, I'm gonna go with a draw here. I don't see a clear winner. I definitely see it being an intense game. I think these games always are tight. Um, not many chances due to the structure of these teams. I can definitely see the tension in the first uh, couple minutes be high. I think the tempo is gonna be set early with very physical challenges and. Um, I definitely see both teams sharing the points, and I think that can be in the favor of Arsenal. Yeah, okay, I agree. All right, uh, Southampton taking on Norwich City. I like Southampton in this one. Norwich, I'm not betting on you. I'm just not doing it. To be honest, I saw this game, and um, I can see this as a trap game. I really think that. I think Southampton are playing very well. They are playing teams to the best of their abilities. They're getting points against teams you don't think they will. Um, the They drew City and United, and they got a big win against Spurs. Um, but they are suspect to losing games um, against teams that they should be beating. I mean, but I can't go with Norwich. So I'm going to go against everything I said and go with Southampton. And then when I listen back to this at Norwich, do get a draw. Uh, I'm going to come back next week and probably say I told you so to my past self, but I'm going to go to Southampton. All right, cool. 
Um, okay, Leeds United versus Tottenham up next. God, these are two teams that can't get out of their own way. Um, when is this, this game Saturday? This is Saturday, the 26th. I was going to ask, do you think uh, Conte's still the manager? I'm not making a definitive answer on that one, honestly. <laughs> I'm not I'm not sure. Um I guess I'll take Tottenham. I don't know. I, I just have I have no faith in them. After this loss against Burnley, I, I I'm so disillusioned with that side. Um Leeds are, are infinitely worse though. I I'll take Tottenham here. It's it's not not my most comfortable pick, but I'm gonna take Leeds just uh, for oh. the. Um, I'm excited to see the 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 post match interview from Conte. I'm gonna go with Leeds. Okay. For the memes. Well, if you go with Leeds and they win, then I don't. There's not gonna be a post match interview because the stadium's gonna <laughs> blow up. It's um, at Leeds. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the locker room's just gonna be absolute shit canned. Oh, Jesus Christ. Okay, Brentford versus Newcastle up next. Um. Hmm. Brentford got the Brentford got the edge on on win percentage here because uh, the game's home. I like Newcastle here. I think they win this one. And every time I do that, they they don't show up or they draw. So this is going to end poorly for me. But I'm going to take them straight up. Yeah, I'm going to take Newcastle as well. These guys played um, early in the year, and it was a three three draw. I remember um, that. Yeah, I think that was when um, they had the caretaker manager for Newcastle. Very intense game. Um, but I do like Newcastle here. I can't go with Brentford because of how bad they've been. So uh, I'm going to go with you there with with uh, the Magpies. Okay, beautiful. Um, we have Crystal Palace versus Burnley up next. Wow, this Ooh. is going to be a tight one. I'm going to take a draw on this one. I love a 1-1-2-2 draw here. Uh, Burnley not necessarily n- known for, for their scoring ability, but big boy Wout. Uh, since he's come in, I think uh, Burnley a little bit more confidence up top, and I like a draw on this one. I think Palace show up, but I think Burnley show up too. Yeah, this one just like the last game we previewed was uh, a previous meeting of a three-three. Um, Chris Wood or Cornet did score in this game. I'd like to see him score again because um, when he's in form, it's nice to see he gets the backflip celebration going. But yeah, this could be a high intense game. Um, I'm gonna go give the edge to Palace here for it being home. Yeah. I think the the midfield's definitely gonna be in Palace's favor there. Um, the three middle guys for them are gonna be better than the two there for Burnley. Um, it's gonna be an interesting matchup with Edcourse against those two younger center backs um, with Palace. So I'm gonna give the edge to the Eagles. Okay, cool. Um, Brighton versus the Aston Villa up next. This is another. This is a total fucking crapshoot too. Um, this is the game that Stevie G turns it around because Brighton are just that team, in my opinion. Um, I think they turn around here. I think I, it's just Brighton are terrible at finishing chances. I think they're going to have more than they usually do because Aston Villa's defense has been suspect. Yeah. But I, I just think the opportunity will be there for, for um, Coutinho. And I think Brighton is a team that um, somebody that's in absolute horrible form like uh, Buendia will score against. So I'm going to go with Villa. Yeah, I guess I'll tell you. I'll, I'll go with Villa too. I, I don't want to I convinced you. Yeah, I just don't want to bet on Brighton. I fucking hate them. I, I really do. They're so suspect, dude. They're not good. Mm-hmm. And Grand Potter is a good manager, but that team's not good. 
Yeah, they just don't have the horses. No, and missing like missing Basuma is such a huge thing for them. Um Okay, I'm trying to figure out where we are. Oh, United versus Watford. That's a pretty easy one for me. I'm gonna take United straight up. Watford are are down bad as we've we've been stay or been saying. This game's at Old Trafford, so um United, you know, the fans will will be there and I think um, I think we might see a start from Alanga in this game. He's been really good, and Ralph really likes him. Um, he was the one that made sure he didn't go out on loan. So I'm gonna I'm gonna take United in this one, and I hope we get to see uh, the young Swede in there too. I'm gonna go with United as well. They have something to prove here. The they lost to Watford four to one back in November. Um, they need to make oh, up yeah, for that. Maguire got a double yellow in this game, and. It was all downhill. A lot of those goals came in after the red card, obviously, but I think United really need to build these points because everybody behind them is kind of struggling, and Arsenal playing against Wolves couldn't be a better situation for them, um, getting a matchup against Watford, because if uh, one of those teams can drop points majorly, or even if they split points, that just goes even more in their favor there. So I think a big win here against Watford would be nice for them. Yeah, I totally agree. They need those points. Those are easy ones that they should be able to absolutely convert. Yeah. Everton versus Manchester City up next. Oh, wow. Man, another one. City going to bounce back. City going to absolutely throttle Everton. I look like a 5 nothing disaster, just destruction game. So I'm going to take City. And I think this game's like Goodison, but I actually don't think that matters at all. It does. It is, but it doesn't matter. The... The last two meetings with these teams have been three nil and five nil to City. I mean, it's gonna be it's gonna be a a bloodbath. Uh, facing a Man City team after a defeat is probably the scariest sight you could see. Yeah. So you have to go with City here. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, uh, just a couple more here, and then we'll let you guys get out of here. We have West Ham versus Wolves and Burnley versus Leicester. Um, I'm. Oh, fuck, dude. I'm just gonna say a draw. Me it doesn't too. Matter. Me too. I'm, I'm not. I'm not racking my brain over this shit. I. Uh, I, I don't know if you want to bet the same as me. Oh yeah. I I'm five and twenty-one. I know. I, know. I forgot it's, about your terrible track record. It's it's probably the the funniest story that from funniest storyline from the entire season on this show that just doesn't make sense. So all right, I'm gonna yeah. take Wolves then. There, I'm a good, good. Something, something will happen there. There's quite uh, literally a zero percent chance that Wolves win. Why is that? Because I picked them. I, I can't get a read on them. On oh, on Wolves? Yeah, I can't. I can't. You're you're ten and fourteen picking Wolf games. Uh, that's that's not awful, but it's not great. I had a better you're, read on them earlier this season. Your 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 worst team currently is Everton at six and seventeen. I'm you're, a believer. That's why. Your best is well. Both of our best is Man City at eighteen and eight. But you're, you got a good you got a good one with Arsenal fifteen and eight. Uh, Watford, you're fifteen and ten. Liverpool sixteen and ten. You got a couple good ones in there. Wow, Watford fifteen and ten. That is pretty good. Okay, uh, yeah, I'll take Wolves for for the sake of the pod, I guess. Yeah. And then Burnley Leicester. Another makeup game there. Leicester, another team that I'm a believer in. For no reason at all. <laughs> For no reason. Because they always prove me wrong. Um, give me... Oh, Jesus. Give me a Burnley. I'll take Burnley. 
Burnley going on the streak of their lives. This is Wout FC now. This is different. This is this isn't Burnley. This is Wout. Okay. Um, surprisingly, like outside of the top four, this is my best team predicting. I'm 16 and seven picking Leicester games. Um, that's insane. I think they have to get a win sooner or later. They, they haven't, when was their last win? Leicester, uh, their last win was against Liverpool, one nil, where they literally escaped by the edge of their seat. And the last team that ever beat Liverpool, um, Fulham, never won another game in the league. So I don't know if that curse is still holding up. Um, but I think I, they have. I think they win this game here. I'm gonna go with Leicester. All right. You cool. said you took it. You took Burnley here. I did. Yeah. We got okay. a lot of different picks this week. Well, that's yeah. You went five and eight this past week, and oh. I went six and seven. So it's been bad. It's not been the season I was hoping it would be. But percentages are going. Hey, we're barely. I'll tell you. We're we're a little bit over halfway, almost three quarters in. There there are still plenty of games. No, I know. There's there is, and all you need is like one crazy week where you get you know. I would Six, love to seven, see. Eight, I would right? love to see a. I would love to see a perfect week, but I don't know how far that will happen. I don't know if that will ever happen. But oh, I picked like twelve college basketball games right the other night, and I didn't bet how? on them. Well, be, just because, just luck. It's luck. It's luck. That's all it is. Luck. Twelve games though. Yeah, I went through my. I went through the like the games before they started. And yeah. Just because I didn't want to bet on it, because I think betting on college basketball is a fool's errand, because mm-hmm. um, you're betting on actual children. Uh I went through and I wrote them down, and I picked, I picked fifteen games and I won twelve of them. So. Jesus. Yeah, but like I don't know anything about the teams. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just look at the like the advanced statistics, um, see like who typically would out-rebound the other team and go with that team because the second chance second chance points are such a huge thing and like I just think the more and more I gamble and the more and more I pay attention to stats the less it makes sense so I mean it's just luck I could see one of us getting lucky and getting a perfect week it's very possible I haven't had a positive um predicting prediction week in six weeks it have always been negative or even so when was my last positive week uh last week you went six and four. Oh, okay hmm. yours have been yours have been decent all right there's i mean there's some weeks where we got hit bad with covid there was only four yeah. games we yeah. both went two and two i mean there's going to be some weeks where there's going to be like 16 games we put in here for a week. So yeah, it's um, true. yeah, I don't know. Um, that, that was a probably like an hour and a half episode. Wasn't yeah. It? Hour and 35. We're going to close it out right at an hour and 35. I want to thank you guys for listening. Uh, this was a fun one. feels like it's been a while. It, it's because I'm not doing the show in the middle of the week with the NFL. Yeah. But that's why. Um, but thank you guys. I mean, I hope we're holding your attention. I hope you guys enjoyed this one. Um, we got a great week of games coming up. I'm really excited. Uh, spread out over a couple days, so should be fun. Um, but thank you guys for listening. 
Take care of yourselves. Uh, make sure you check us out on social media at Post20 Podcast, Twitter, and Instagram. You can find us where you can find podcasts, Spotify, uh, Apple Podcast, and SoundCloud. So until next week, um, my brain stopped. Uh, take care of yourselves, and, uh, and yeah. we'll see you then, all right? See you guys. See ya.